Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. If you're joining me today, you are hopefully a returner, longtime listener, longtime uh, returner. If you are brand new, welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I truly mean it. This is a happy space for us to talk about things that are working, things that are awesome for your kids, get different and creative ideas, definitely known for gamification and playful learning. However, there's all sorts of advice shown on this particular podcast. So hopefully check out some of the old shows, some of the episodes. There's some great ones out there. Today, I titled it, Shall We Play a Game? That comes from an old movie. Love it if you guys tag me in the uh, like tweets or Instagram. I'm at Mr. Matera on Twitter and at Mr. Matera EDU on Instagram. Take a guess what movie that comes from. Shall we play a game? Today's topic is about playing games with your students. Now, I definitely am a gamifier. That means using the most motivational parts or aspects of a game and putting them into non-game settings like our classroom, which is not what we're talking about today. Today, we are talking about legit playing a game, a off-the-shelf game with your students and how valuable and powerful that experience can be for them and can be for you. So let's dive into that. I have this broken up into a few different categories uh, sort of video game-ish, uh, filler game. These are like board games that are small that you can play at recess on a rainy day, whatever, a study hall with your kids. Class game, I have one example of how I use one. Love to hear from you. Again, use the hashtag wellplayedpodcast and tag me at Mr. Matera. Join that conversation. We had several of you say last week that you do want me to dive into kind of that merger between sort of how side quests work versus adventure paths. Uh, so I will definitely put that on the to-do list for you guys. And then I also have a section of made-up games. We're going to see if we can get through this. Uh, it's a solo podcast, as we often do these days, and I try to keep those around 10 to 15 minutes. We're already two minutes into this one. We'll see what we can get through, but uh, let's dive right in. <clears throat> Looking first at, uh, let's start with that Nintendo Couch Co-op is the topic that I wrote down in my show notes. And I want to share with you, if you guys happen to have a Nintendo Switch or if you have, oof, I mean, some disposable income and pick one up, uh, the Switch is an awesome system that you could bring into your classroom. You can hook it up to a TV or a projector, get it really big. The Switch comes with two controllers already built in. They are pricey if you end up wanting to buy it some more. I think 80 bucks gets you two more controllers, so you have four controllers there. Uh, again, this is not a cheap route, but if you happen to have one, look at picking up some more couch co-op. Some of you probably have the longer format games like Mario or even uh, Mario Kart. Seems kind of fun and quick. But even that is longer than I'm even advocating for. I'm talking about quick hit, short things, you know, almost like King of the Hill type games where kids can have a lot of fun and they can rotate in and out. I have had quite a bit of success bringing in my Nintendo Switch and using it, just like I said, on rainy day recesses, 
uh, maybe small group recess, bring some kids up, and my advisees love it. And we play some of these couch co-op games. I make them pair up or even sometimes in teams of three, and they just kind of rotate through who gets a chance to play in these games that take anywhere from like 30 seconds to minute 30 uh, per round, and boom. So like in three rounds in, in like five minutes, everyone in the class has had a chance to be playing, and that's just fun. And it produces an energy. And that's what I love about games in general, whether you're talking about boards, cards, or video games. You're talking about an energy, a feeling, a connection, and people are together. And that, I don't know, that's so fun to me. And it builds on that relationship. Uh, it's almost the same power of you know, going on a field trip where you see kids. Like if you ever do one of these overnight camps or something, um, to see students in a different light or a different capacity than your class is so powerful and this is just an easy way to do it and an inviting way to do it so if you can think about that next i should probably have put a warning at the beginning of this this is probably going to cost some money all of this whether it's nintendo lots of money or if you're going to like now dive into this category filler games that i'm about to sort of venture into you, you might have to pick some of these up. These would be great for your house as well with some friends and family. I listed a few here. Um, these are ones that my advisees like. So I have to manage a study hall. I pop some of these over. Some of them are two-player games. Let's start there. I have two that are World War II themes that the kids really like. One is Air, Land, and Sea. This is an amazing card game that literally has 18 cards. I can explain the rules pretty darn quick to the students and then boom they're off and running it's a two-player game they play it over a series of of hands which is great because they can carry it over to the next day if they need to or the next study hall they can just kind of jot down where they were because each round you just deal out 12 of the 18 cards six to you six to me six out of play we play that out we score anywhere from like one to six points and it's the first to 12 points wins the game and again each round you redeal new new cards so again easy to kind of carry over so i picked up two or three of those copies throw them on my shelf and kids kind of just check them out and play them i would suggest as it is a card game to probably pick up some card sleeves you can pick those up super cheap on amazon like i think three dollars a pack or even if you buy the fancy five dollars a pack or whatever the pack could easily cover all three copies of airland and sea that you might pick up for your classroom and uh, you can get them where they actually have like a solid color back. I would do that so that kids cannot tell. Like if they end up bending the card, they can't tell that the bent card is the airplane card or whatever. They'll just see that solid back. Totally good for that game. Another World War II two-player game is Blitzkrieg. Uh, it is War. It bills itself out as World War II in 20 minutes. And my God, did they do it. I remember growing up playing Axes and Allies and loving the heck out of that game, but it took seven hours to play. Uh, it was a ton of fun, but I loved it. There was research. There was like money that you could spend on things. You had to worry about your production. You had to worry about your transportation. You had to worry about all these theaters of operation. And somehow Blitzkrieg hit, hit it on the head. Like if you loved Axes and Allies, Buy this game. You will play it in 20 minutes, and it will legit scratch the itch of playing that large format, huge game of Axes and Allies. I can't, I can't believe it, but it did it. 
Another two-player game that uh, is kind of chess-like but a different theme and more inviting for some kids is Hive. There are these sweet tiles, and you're trying to surround their queen bee. Super simple to teach, super fun. Kids love it. It's two-player, but a lot of my kids love to buddy up and kind of ask, like, should I do this or move that or I don't know what we should do, blah, blah, blah. Check it out. Now I got two other suggestions that are kind of larger, bigger, you know, more than two-player games that you could pick up for your class to produce that time with kids. One is Coup. Coup is a great kind of like BS game. There are all these roles. You don't have to be, like you get handed two. So maybe I'm the ambassador and maybe I am the, uh, I don't know, the assassin. Now, I could say, even though I'm the ambassador of the assassin, I have that like face down, no one knows I'm those things. And I could say, as the duke, that's another role, I'm going to collect taxes and collect three coins instead of everybody else's measly one. Anyone around the table can call BS. I don't think you have that. If I don't have it, I lose one of the two I do have. And if I ever lose both of the two that I do have, I'm out of the game. You're trying to be the last one standing. If somebody calls me and I did have the duke, then those for falsely calling me out have to lose one of theirs. Super fun. Lots of laughs. Plays in about 20 minutes. And kids dig it and ask to play it again and again and again. Love it. All right. Rolling into my last filler type game that I'm going to suggest. Ah, shoot. Maybe I'm going to suggest two. One is Bang the Dice Game. Super fun. A uh, little miniature social deduction game. Somebody is publicly the sheriff. And then there are some deputies that are trying to help the sheriff win. Then there are some outlaws that are trying to bring down the sheriff. And then there's a renegade that is working on their own. And kids play this uh, together. And you can play up to, I want to say eight. I could be wrong. Maybe it's six, but I think it's eight. And you're slowly starting to figure out like, oh, these guys are protecting Michael, who's the sheriff. So they must be the deputies. And over time, you start to figure out who's who. And they're trying to bring each other down. Super fun. Lots of variability. There's a couple different specialty cards that you all get assigned one role at the beginning. And it's just a ton of fun. And kids have super love that. This is also a miniature. You can fit that, you know, on a field trip in your pocket. And the last one, a little bigger, is We're Doomed. If you play with middle schoolers or high schoolers, this is a great game in which they have to cooperatively work together to build this rocket to launch us to safety they're all playing the role of governments around the world and they're working together to put resources into this shared space program to save mankind however they also are greedy on your turn you can either commit resources to help build this thing or you can kind of take an influence token an influence token is going to give you first seat whoever has the most influence gets first seat on this rocket ship and as you build it i think 40 resources into the rocket it means the rocket's built enough to hold one person but whoever has the most influence is going to go and then after that it's in increments of 10 if you get to 50 then it has two seats 60 three seats that kind of thing and there's just this nice rub between like helping the group and helping yourself however all these governments have kind of a special ability and all of them have options of possibly nuking each other doing so though they have to spend seven resources, which means they're not putting those resources into the pot to help the, the thing, but they're removing somebody that 
might have too much influence, might be hurting the, the cause. Uh, there's some other cards and some other zanious things that happen. It plays quick. This one plays in 15 minutes, maybe 17 if you count like sort of set up and these other things. But um, we'll just say 20. 20 minutes, great game. That one plays up to eight. My kids love it. It's so funny to see. And where it's tense, you're working together, but not working together. There are a bunch of other cards that add silliness, zaniness, like these kind of events cards that happen every round. And the events can cause quite a bit of frustration, sometimes just removing resources from the rocket, and other times just doing some zany things, like people have to put like one of their hands on their head or something for the rest of the game, and if they don't, then the rocket loses 10 resources or something. Super fun, super fun knee. This category, this fillers category, what I want you to keep in mind is this filler category is, again, building that relationship, much like we talked in the video game section. It's time with kids. It's time with kids in a different capacity. It gives you a different story to have with kids. When you are out at recess, you're kind of razzing them like, I can't believe you were the renegade and you got me as the sheriff. You know, lean into that fun. Lean into those stories. Remember those inside jokes that you're creating with students. You know, when you're playing that, uh, cue up the music, I Shot the Sheriff. It's hilarious, you know, to like that moment with kids to have that relational moment, uh, that hidden deduction, the time where they were the Duke and they weren't the Duke, but they everybody thought they were Duke and they taxed and taxed and taxed, right? These are these moments where I can't believe you got away with it. And it's that lunchroom conversation that will go on for weeks because of that shared moment. And I love it. Um, I love that in my personal life, but I definitely love it with my students as well. All right, the next category, and we're already clocking in at 14 minutes, going to try to wrap this one up is currently I'm actually straight up playing a board game in my class, and I wanted to tell you how that's going. We're playing the game Antique in my class. It is a sweet game by Matt Gertz, uh, a German board game designer. Absolutely love this game. Lots of things going on from, like, technology to armies to, like, um, investments in their city and culture, but all of it in a rule set that could fit in probably the size of four business cards in regular font size, like font size like 11 or something. Cannot believe the rules get down to that little for that much meat, that much options. And I'm playing it because we're finishing the, uh, what do I want to say? We're finishing the ancients and the classic age and moving into the sort of the dark ages, medieval ages. And I just thought this would be a great kind of capstone moment where all these cultures they studied are going to be on this map interacting with each other and trying to become the best leader. And how I laid it out, I want to give you the advice. I bought five copies of this. I have five classes. I put a copy per table and then I literally separated the tables as far away as I could from each other. I have kids line up outside the door, and I instruct them, I need you to put your stuff over here on the side, <clears throat> and then join me in the center of the room. Make sure you don't bump into any tables, because other kids are, those are other kids' games. We talk about it, we assign them to uh, a table, one of like the tables that's for that period, and we just play. And I am the like ref on that, I'm kind of the banker handing things out, making sure the rules are running smoothly. And then I, uh, I end with about 10 minutes left. I take them back to the floor. We chit-chat about what happened today. Uh, we make connections to history, like what in the board game 
was representative of what we have studied this year. And kids talk about alliances and trade and import and exports and investments in infrastructure. I mean, it was so awesome to hear the connections they made by playing this game that didn't use that language, but they had that experience and they loved it. And kids are talking about it. I love that when they do that. So give games a chance in your class. Give games a chance in your recess. Give chance games a chance at your home. They produce just wonderful memories. I hope that you guys have a chance to do that and pick up maybe some of these games. If you have any questions, again, use the hashtag WellPlayedPodcast and tag me at Mr. Matera or at Mr. Matera EDU on Instagram. Love hearing from you guys. I hope this gets you excited to play and play on. 